Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. A giant-sized welcome to you today. It is... uh, a new day. Good morning. Happy morning. Another chance for us to remember the faithfulness of our God and to take a little time today to just uh, bring to the forefront of our minds just one specific promise that he has given us from his word. I think one promise at a time sometimes is enough for us to kind of focus on and hone in on and to give us um, some sustenance as we go through our day. Uh, I have had a crazy time with podcasts lately. I went to Cleveland for my heart appointment, and then I had a writer's conference that was several days long that I attended. Um, But in the midst of that, trying to record podcasts, I had one day where uh, right behind us, I guess the city came and um, I don't know, it was so weird, like wood chippers are loud and they were throwing branches through wood chippers and so that well that's just not working out to record and then there were street cleaners like a series of them and they were loud like the walls of the house were shaking it was really weird so it's like well I can't record with that sound and then this morning I have um dueling chainsaws outside right behind my house somewhere which is weird like dueling pianos but dueling chainsaws so um I'm just gonna go for it because I just keep waiting to record and that is not working out. So here we go. I got my coffee and I've spent time with the Lord this morning. I'm ready to just jump in. And um, if you hear the dueling chainsaws, I guess just uh, root for the one that you want to win. I like the one that's a little lower in tone, the higher pitched resonance one. I don't want that one to win because I don't like the way it sounds. Okay, so today I'm going to read from the New Testament for this one verse. We're going to look at the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27. And I'm going to read from the Amplified, and I'll probably just stick with just one version, one translation today. So from the Amplified, John 14, 27 says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give you is not like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or confused. Okay, so these are words in red. These are words that Jesus spoke. And um, that to me always signifies listen up, you know, listen a little harder. Don't dial out or space out at all during your Bible reading today. Jan, these are words in red. Lean in and pay attention. I am leaving you with a gift, Jesus says, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or confused. This is pretty fitting stuff. This is a very fitting verse for the day and age that we find ourselves living in. There is, um, wow, I don't know about you, but this applies to my life like big time. Uh, I'm sure it applies to yours as well in a variety of areas. But um, listen, we just need to listen and sort of think of these words coming 
out of the mouth and the heart of Jesus straight to you, directly to you, like from his heart to your heart, not just from his mouth to your ears, but from his heart, because out of our heart, out of the abundance of the heart, that's where words flow from, Jesus says in another part of the Bible. I might look that up and put it in the show notes. But um, so this is from his heart to your heart, right? Because they're, I mean, these are coming directly to you from Jesus. Jesus's words to you right now are, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind, peace of heart. And it's not like the world's peace. Don't be troubled and don't be confused. So God knows what we need, right? We already know that. Uh, But sometimes it's good to hear that wherever you are right now, God knows what you need. He also knows just exactly when we need it. Now, you know, hopefully this verse is just just what somebody listening today needs. Like, I really hope so. If that's you, if you're the someone that really needs this today, uh, I pray you're comforted by the love of your personal God that he set aside this day for me to mention this exact verse in order to bring you that comfort some peace of heart, some peace of mind, the kind of peace that transcends what's going on in and around you today. It's a really great time for us to realize yet again that our God is the God of all comfort, all comfort. And he is, he's a comforting God. It's not, it's not that I can take comfort in the comfort. Okay. Although, you know, that's awesome. The comfort itself is wonderful, but I take comfort in God because I have relearned Yet again, from life experiences and such, I've learned and then relearned over and over again that God is the actual comfort. The comfort he provides for me, for you, for all of us as his dearly loved children, the comfort he provides is his gift, but he is the real gift. He's always faithful. That's our God, always faithful. He cannot be anything else. He is our comfort. So for Jesus to say to his disciples that he was leaving them with a gift, That is good reason for us to sit up and take notice, right? I mean, like a gift, that's that's awesome. That's great. What is it? What could be better than a gift from Jesus? You know, they had seen him do the miraculous. They had seen the dead raised back to life. Wow. Uh, They had seen a handful of food feed thousands. They'd seen Jesus walk on the water. They'd literally seen the impossible become reality right before their eyes. Think about that. They had seen the impossible become reality right there before their very eyes. They didn't hear about it secondhand. They saw it. I don't have a lot of experiences where I can see things like someone walk on water, where I can see a tiny plateful of food feed thousands, where I can see someone who is stone cold deceased, they're dead, they're gone, raised to life again. They saw that with their own eyes. So this is who he's saying, he's speaking to when he says, I'm going to leave you a gift. I think they probably were like, um, yeah, wow, what what's going on? Uh, yeah, I want to know what the gift is. I've seen some amazing things. What what in the world? A gift from Jesus could be, it could be anything. You know, it's like a Christmas story. There could be anything in there. There could be a bowling alley in there. Um, you know, it's like they were kind of thinking like that. Like, this could be anything. What could this possibly be? And, you know, Jesus hadn't really mentioned the gifts, those things as gifts that he was leaving them. He didn't say, when I raise Lazarus from the dead, that's a gift I'm giving to all of you. Or, you know what I mean? Like when he walked on water, he didn't say the gift I give you is that you can always walk on water whenever you want. So they'd seen the impossible become reality. And now he's saying, I'm going to give you a gift. It's just, it's not like he ran around all the time saying, here's a gift and here's a gift and here's a gift. Um, This was a, this was something worth 
paying attention to because it wasn't, these weren't the words Jesus used to them on the regular, so to speak. So I am sure, I'm sure that they were paying attention to hear what he was going to say the gift actually would be. You and I, we've also seen the Lord do things, right? I mean, not walk on water. I mean, maybe you have seen someone walk on water. I mean, the Lord can still do that. But I think you know that that what I'm saying, that that was a time where Jesus in the flesh walking on the earth doing things, you and I have not seen that because he has ascended to his Father and he's seated at the right hand of God. So we've seen him do things, of course, for us, for those we love, uh, even for those we don't love very much in our own backyards, in our churches in our workplaces, all over the globe, um, we really want to be sure that we grab hold of and make the most of whatever gift that he gives to us, right? Like, let's lean in even more and say, I've seen you do things, Lord, and I know there's more you want to do and that you're going to do. I don't want to miss it. And if you're saying here, there's a gift for me. um, Yeah, I want that gift. I want that gift. And we want to make the most of it. We don't want to be selfish with what he gives us because it's not just about us. There is a hurt and uh, lost and dying world of people around us who we want to be in the kingdom. We want them to know Jesus, who is, like I said earlier, God is the gift. God is our comfort. His comfort is great, but he is our comfort. He's the gift. So if, if, um, if Jesus has left us something, then it was left with us to be a benefit to us while we await the time when we get to go be with him forever, right? So if he's left it, left us a gift, it's to benefit us somehow. It was left here to to bless us, right? To help us, to be an actual gift for us, even for us to enjoy, because gifts are enjoyable. There's a piece that, um, piece that comes from the hand of the Lord, right? I mean, that's a treasure. I, I don't think there's a better word to describe it. Peace that comes to us from the hand of the Lord is something worth treasuring. We need it. We need it. I sure don't want to leave that particular gift unopened and unused. I want to utilize it in my everyday walking around life. Peace from God. Peace of heart and peace of mind. How good Jesus is to make sure that we know this peace is for both, right? For It's peace of heart and peace of mind. It's for both. Because at least in my life, I can't speak for you, but in my life, um, hey, maybe you're like miles and miles ahead of me and this is just not your issue, which I got to say, I'm applauding you. Like I'm standing up, like not the golf clap, the polite little clap, 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 but like my hands are hurting. I'm clapping so much. Like I'm applauding you. If you got this figured out and you know, you can have your stuff, your emotions, just the way you process things like grief and joy and the overwhelm and relationships. And, and if none of that, um, you know, is, is, is felt one way in your mind and another way in your heart. I have that lag, right? Where I can have one, have, have the same issue, the same emotion, the same, whatever relationship situation. I can have it one way in my mind and I feel it another way in my heart. If you are past that, I'm really like clapping till my hands hurt, applauding you. That's a big deal. Hats off to you. That's awesome. Because I tell you what, if that's where you're at, I know you didn't get there living on easy street, right? The school of hard knocks is the only place that I know of that teaches lessons like that. I'm not there yet. I am way far from it. So like my mind might be able to work through a circumstance one way, like per the word of God, I got this. I understand what God's word said about, says about this. I uh, bend the knee to the Lord on this one. I am a total, I've chosen to be in total agreement 
with God's word. And then all of a sudden my heart breaks in and I'm just not doing so well anymore. Anybody else ever like experienced this kind of thing? Like, so for Jesus to say to me, to let me know, no matter what's up, whatever might be weighing me down or freaking me out, he has given me this gift of peace of mind. And he also has given me peace of heart. Yeah, that is phenomenal. I'm in desperate need of that kind of peace. And of course, you know, Jesus gave me what I need most. Does he not always do that? Not what we think we need most, not what we want most, but what we actually need most is what he gives us. He cannot do otherwise. So whatever mankind needs most, that is what the Lord gives. And it will always be that way. It always has been and always will be. And he makes sure that we know it isn't random. It's not like the universe drops some happy bomb on us and now we got a joy bomb and tomorrow we're going to have a love bomb. Or it's not random. It isn't, And it isn't up to us to bring peace over our own lives. It's not my job. It's a Holy Spirit's job. It's not my job. It isn't a come and go type of thing where it's here one moment and gone the next. It's his gift to us. People who give gifts, who are good gift givers, don't give the gift and then take it back around and give it again. And, uh, you know, we know that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from our father. That's what the book of James tells us. So uh, he's the perfect gift giver. I mean, he gave us his son. Yeah, I think we can trust that when he gives us a gift of the peace that we can have in our heart and mind, it's permanent. It's not a come and go thing. Uh, And it's not something we have to do for ourselves. It's just a gift from him. And then like to make sure that we really get it, Jesus says this peace is not like the peace the world gives. I love that. I love that qualifier and that clarification. That is um, super exciting to me that he is going to be good enough to make sure that I know. And of course he's good enough because he's perfect. He's always good. He can't be anything but good. But he makes sure they know that it's not anything like that worldly peace. There's a difference and he wants us to know there's a difference. His is so much better. Are you glad to know that? I, I mean, it's like the world's peace is temporary and fleeting and frustratingly hard to grab hold of and to keep hold of. Jesus's peace envelops us. It just kind of overcomes us. Okay. And the way that it overcomes us and envelops us is like from the, from the inside out and the outside in all at once. It is different. And that's really, 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 really good. Really good news. We do not need the same old, same old, right? We don't need that. We've all had enough of that. What we need is something different. What's different and what's better. That's what we need. So Jesus's peace envelops us, comes on us as a gift straight from him. And the world's peace is always kind of slipping away from us, like trying to hold on to water, you know, through your fingers. It slips, it's slipping away. No matter how hard we work to grab hold of it, and fight and not let it go, it just slips away because it's temporal. Big difference and a really good difference. I found myself lately kind of asking God during my prayer time, asking him, what is he up to? What are you up to, Lord? What's what's in your heart right now, God? What's your will, Jesus? Holy Spirit, will you show me what you want me as, as a daughter of the Lord to be doing right now? Um, if I don't ask these questions, and if I don't keep talking to God about these things, I just sort to, yeah, I start to get all caught up in the overwhelm, like the really heavy things that I just can't navigate, I can't process, I can't even begin to understand without Him. Listen, I want to say this so that everyone hears it: people are never burdensome. Okay, I'm going to say that again in case it wasn't really caught. Like, listen up for a sec here. 
People are never burdensome. For me, people are not burdensome. Nobody is here on this planet to be a burden. That's not why God gives life. So to me, it's a key life principle for people to not be burdens. They're not. Okay. That's, you, I think you read me loud and clear, Lima Charlie, read me Lima Charlie, as they say in the army. But Facebook, Facebook can be tiresome. Facebook can be burdensome as a whole. I'm not talking about individual people. I'm talking about as a whole. And when I start to go sideways, I can get way too emotional, way too passionate, and sometimes the wrong ways, sometimes the right ways. And if you, um, you know what I mean. I don't have to even explain that. You know what I mean. Uh, this happens. This happens usually when I'm not enough with Jesus, I'm going to get a little bit more sideways, okay? And I will start to feel the burden of the world, not the burden of people, the burden of the world. Passion isn't always bad. Jesus had several like super passion-filled moments. So did Peter, so did Paul, so did King David, so did Moses. So passion isn't, you can't be like, oh, that's, that's bad. No, biblically, we see that it's not always bad. It's something... Um, it can be something, it can be a great giant billboard for people to look at and see, oh my gosh, I'm totally missing God's will in this circumstance or situation. I've been missing it by a mile. Uh, so passionate people, passion isn't always bad. Uh, think about Elijah. Okay, Elijah's life is a profound example of a life lived with passion, big B-I-G passion. I just know I just know for me at times, my passion for the Lord can give way to other emotions. Sometimes my passion for the entirety of a situation or circumstance starts to boil out in one little instance of that circumstance. Um, If you sometimes do that too, then this is right here. I'm giving you permission. This is your permission slip to not beat yourself up too badly. Just go talk to the Lord about it. He'll let you know what he needs you to know. Uh, Don't beat yourself up, but keep in mind that we're all living under crazy, (coughs) excuse me, crazy volumes of stress right now. Like we're on information overload. We really are. The amount of overload that we're experiencing is not something any other generation on this planet has dealt with or lived under. Just think about that, right? Like the, the rate at which news and information comes at us and the number of ridiculously large very personal and at the same time, very massive global things uh, and countrywide things are are weighing on us. This has not happened before. Even during things like World War One or World War Two or the Civil War, the news came at a much different pace. Like, I mean, we are overloaded. You might receive the opinion of your neighbor, um, you know, when you're meet them on the road or something, or you go into town and then you have a discussion with somebody and you might get a couple of opinions. It doesn't work that way for us right now. There is just, there is a lot coming at us all the time. And it really has never happened like this before in the history of ever. So um, I want to just encourage you that it's okay to step back and say, wow, I feel like I'm on overwhelm because I am. I feel like I'm on overload because I am. Um, it's okay to be overloaded. God understands. He knows the times and seasons in which we're living. Just keep going back to God. Ask him those questions. What are you doing in the world right now, Lord? What would you like me to do in the world right now, Lord? In my little local, super close personal world, in the bigger world of social media, how would you like me to pray? Just keep talking to him like that. That's really one of the key ways 
um, if I don't communicate with him, I'm not going to have this peace that Jesus promised. And I need to communicate with him first, not check Facebook first, not grab my phone, spend time with the Lord first. So keep talking to God, ask him what he's doing in this world. Remind yourself that people are not burdensome, but that overwhelm, that's what's actually burdensome. Give other people lots and lots of grace and give yourself lots and lots of grace. Sometimes we give it to others and not to ourselves. Sometimes we give it to ourselves and not to others. Do both. Lots of grace. Keep turning your back on that world's phony baloney version of peace. Just keep turning your back on it and ask the Holy Spirit to flood you with the peace that Jesus has gifted to you. So the raw truth is that this is all just too much for us without Jesus. And there are people around us, folks, that are trying to do this without the Lord. They're trying to navigate the same overload and overwhelm without Jesus. Would you pray that, that, that the Lord would bring more people into his kingdom and that they would have access to his peace in this time? He wants to give them his peace. Let's pray for that. Let's be about the work of, of seeking God for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, and then there's that last little glorious sentence in this verse from John. Jesus said this. He said, so don't be troubled or afraid. Wow. Uh, Anybody need this right now? Yeah. Anybody got some troubles? Anybody feeling afraid? We are standing on a Grand Canyon-sized hole of uncertainty. That's what it seems like, and I don't think that's really an inaccurate description. I don't think that's too exaggerated at all. It's a Grand Canyon-sized hole of uncertainty that we're standing on the edge of. What's up with jobs? What's going to happen Will COVID rebound this summer? Will it be like the seasonal flu? Is it going to come back in fall? Are we going to have to make lots of changes permanently? Are there going to be more quarantines? What is school in the fall going to look like? I mean, I know um, I have four children who have graduated from college and one who will be a junior in college this fall. I guess she's finished her sophomore year, so she is a junior. But, um, you know, she just keeps getting new information from her college, which is halfway across the country. She doesn't attend college here. Um, She's not sure at all what's going to look like. Two of our daughters, actually three of them of their alma maters have um, made real changes to what their fall schedule will look like. It is a new world. So um, we don't really know what education is going to look like for young people in the fall. Um, you know, my daughter who just graduated from Cedarville University hasn't had her ceremony yet. That will happen in October. But uh, she she told me they've they're, that like the semester is going to end at Thanksgiving. Same for Taylor University, where another one of my daughters graduated a few years ago. And they'll be back in, in January. Some of the young people are not going home for Thanksgiving because they are just going to work. They're going to start a lot earlier. Uh, one of my other daughters graduated from Sterling. They're thinking about starting classes on August 1st. That's before that daughter's graduation ceremony. I had two girls graduate from college this year. So like, this is a, we don't know. The Grand Canyon size hole of uncertainty is a real thing. It's just, this is uncharted territory. And that's why we need this promised peace so badly right now. We need to share it with others. The only way we can do that is by A, praying for them. Uh, We need to spend much time with Jesus. I'm not going to say A, B, C, or put them in order because this, this, let's not order this. Spend much, be much with the Lord during these times. Pray fervently, Lord, and just give grace. Give yourself grace and give others grace and step back from the social when you need to, you know. Um, Shut down the gram, just walk away. Sometimes we have to do that. And right now we probably need to do that more often than we think. 
uh, post a Bible verse and drive on. You know what I mean? Like leave a blessing, drop a blessing bomb and and drive on and get your peace and then share it with others, right? Okay, so um, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I don't need to tell you all the rest of it because you're living it just like me. This stuff is just honestly pretty overwhelming. Really do keep in mind a lot of the people that are um, maybe going off in, in social settings and online formats, they may not have the peace that Jesus offers. And um, grace, let that be a watchword for all of us right now. Just give us grace. Give us grace, Lord, and help us to give it to others in spades. So, and to, and be gracious to yourself. I just got to keep saying that. We tend to miss that part. Please give yourself grace. So how does this sentence, so don't be troubled or afraid, how does that sentence impact you? Does it move you toward a more peaceful state of heart and mind? Or does it like move your needle in a different direction? Do you like have, do you have any hard talks with the Lord plan in in the case that these words do bother you? Like you may need to go have a chat with the Lord if those words, so don't be troubled or afraid. If it's like, uh, I don't know what that looks like. That doesn't make any sense to me. How can I not be troubled or afraid? You might need to have a hard, long, honest talk with the Lord. He's up for hard talks. So don't be afraid to be honest with God. The Psalms are ample evidence of what honest talks with God look like. And thank you, Jesus, that we have those long talks. Thank you, David, for writing so many of them. It's honesty and it does it's not an affront to God. Keep that in mind. You're not offending the Lord when you are honest with him. The the Psalms just show us what honest talks with God look like. Like he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. Talking to him. That is the safest conversation you're going to have. And sometimes we live like that's not true. Sometimes we live as if our conversation with somebody else is safer. No, your conversation with Jesus is the most trust. That's the safest conversation you're going to have. He's the most trustworthy person in your life. And he is a person in your life, right? He is the living God. And so don't forget that um, he wants a relationship with you. And a relationship involves conversation, sometimes honest ones. So let these words minister to your soul today. You can agree um you can agree that God's promise here to give you the lasting gift of his peace is still true today. You can agree, you can decide to agree with that. It's just as true as it was when he spoke those words. The disciples, they went through some very dark times. Like think of the dark night of the soul they went through when Jesus died at Calvary. They needed this promise, I'm telling you like oxygen, and it's okay if you need it like oxygen too believe it today. It's for you. Sit back, tape, take a deep breath and believe that this piece is yours for the taking right now. And then if you need to have that hard talk with the Lord, um, have it, be honest with him. But at the end of that hard talk where you share your real fears and your real heart about things going on, please, please uh, just decide in advance that your reality is that if Jesus said not to be troubled or afraid, then he's going to make a way for us to live untroubled and unafraid. I hope that makes sense. Like, I hope that's, that's something you can grab hold of today. Ta- have the honest hard talk, but also make up your mind that your hard talk and your honesty doesn't mean you doubt Jesus's promised peace. It means that you're talking it through, getting it out, bringing it into the light, exposing all of Satan's lies, um, being honest about your fears, asking Jesus to hold you close, and grabbing hold of that peace instead. There's a lot of hope right there in that verse. A lot of hope. Believe that promise from John 14, 27, and trust Jesus to make it your reality today. 
Okay, so real quick as I wrap this up, I was in Cleveland at the Cleveland Clinic for some heart stuff recently. Uh, shout out to Dr. Martin. Whoop, whoop. He is good at what he does, and I am thankful to be his patient. Uh, the Cleveland Clinic is like number one in heart health like the last 23 years straight or something in, in the United States. So if you have heart issues, go to the Cleveland Clinic. I'm not even kidding. Seriously, it is worth it. And most insurance covers it. So don't worry about that, no matter what state you live in. Okay, so it is something to be in this really big hospital. The Cleveland Clinic is several campuses. Like they have city blocks of different buildings that are all hospitals. But the, the heart hospital is um, so it's just nobody is in there without a heart issue. I hope that that makes sense. Like it's entirely a heart hospital. Um, so it's like everyone is sort of in the same storm with you, right? I mean, you're not like, nobody looks at you sideways if you're walking slowly or something like that, right? I mean, nobody gives you that you don't look sick face type thing because we all get it when you're in there. So I was in a waiting area and there were some people spread out for social distancing and health reasons and they're super careful right now with with patients and you can't have guests with you. It's just you the patient in there right now. So, um, uh, social distancing kind of spread out in this waiting area. And, uh, but this guy was kind of like, he was an older gentleman and he was sort of tucked back in the corner. Um, almost like trying to hide in the wall. You know, have you ever seen somebody like that who just looks sad, heavy laden, and like, they're trying to like fall through the floor or go into the wall. Like, I hope that paints a picture in your mind of, of this man. He was, he was making sure everybody else was okay. Also, even though he looked so uncomfortable himself and just sad, um, you know, I didn't see him move until like I was the last one stepping out of that area. Uh, and then he was still sort of hesitant to even step away from that corner of that wall. Now, you know, I don't know what his health issues might be. Um, it's related to the heart, obviously, because it's a Cleveland clinic. So, you know, and since no guests are allowed in there, um, he would have been an employee, but he didn't have a badge or anything or a heart patient. So no scrubs, no badge, no red jacket, the things that like, you know, they work there. So I'm thinking he was a patient. He could have been just feeling unwell, right? Yeah, very possible. Um, he could have gotten a really bad diagnosis. I don't know, but I could have just been nervous about a test. There's a lot of heart tests that are not fun. They're scary. So as I was leaving, I just looked back, I made eye contact with him, which is important when you have a mask on, you know, like I'm wearing a mask and they can't see if you're smiling, they can really only see your eyes. And also I wear glasses. So, um, you know, they fog up with the mask sometimes. So I really wanted to be intentional about making eye contact. And I just said, have a good day. God bless you. Have a good day. God bless you. Guys, like this guy kind of started to tear up. It was crazy. It wasn't even a big thing. This, I didn't even mention this to my husband when I got in the car because I thought literally, I don't know how that can make a difference, you know, have a good day. God bless you. But it, yeah, but it did. Like it was so little to me. I didn't even get in the car and tell my husband, you know, I was just, um, I want, well, a lot of reasons for that. It was so stressful driving there. My husband had been waiting. It was hot outside. I was like, okay, we could just go. But anyway, I, I didn't even mention it. It was a small thing for me. And he kind of teared up, stepped away from the corner, and he seemed to relax a little bit. And he said, thank you. I mean, it could be just one of the most genuine thank yous that I've heard in a long time. Such a small thing, but such a big thing, you know? I mean, I knew the Lord wanted me to say those few words to him. And that's not uncommon for myself or my husband or our kids to just tell people, have a good day and God bless you. And, um, you know, you just don't know sometimes people don't hear that all day long, whether they're a waitress or whatever, you might be the only person who says that. But this guy just really blessed him. Um, you know, and it's just so fitting for the season that we're in in our country. I just thought, 
yeah, I need to be really intentional about doing a lot more of that. There might be some people who just need to know that there's somebody who's willing to stop for a second and say, have a good day. God bless you. Uh, we're all in this boat um, kind of together, and we're not sure what's next as we stand on the side of the Grand Canyon. So I want to encourage you, if you feel like the Lord is telling you to tell somebody to have a good day and God bless you, please do it. You just never know. you know. And again, remember, I don't know what had him in that corner, his health bad diagnosis. Maybe he had a long drive home he was about to begin. I mean, we were, it's like five o'clock in the evening and we're getting ready to start a drive back to Kansas. So um, it could have been that. Concerns about COVID. Some people with heart issues, super high risk, right? I mean, super high risk. And you could just be nervous. Like maybe you don't go out that much because you don't want to get it. And now you have to go out for this appointment. And I don't know. Um, I just know the Holy Spirit wanted me to make eye contact with him and say seven little words. And that's also the same words I want to say to you today. Have a good day. God bless you. Grab hold of his peace, right? Grab hold of his peace. And can I do more small but kind things like that? I sure hope so. I'm still pretty homebound. I'm still pretty high risk. And I think we all know numbers are ticking up a little bit as communities open back up. And so I'm going to continue to be cautious because I don't have a reason not to be. I need to be obedient to the Lord and be aware. Um, but could can I still find a way to let people around me know that I want them to have a good day, as good a day as is possible today? I mean, can we mean it when we say, God bless you? Little things truly do mean a lot. And I'm really glad that I said that to him because I think it was just a great reminder of me that I've probably been at a place at different times where I needed somebody to say, have a good day, God bless you. And it just meant the world to me. So this verse from John is about a gift. Can you use your gift of peace wisely today? Just like be at peace. You know what I mean? Be at peace. Be at peace. Give peace. Do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. Just be at peace. So that's the word for today, I guess. Just peace. Peace from Jesus for your heart and for your mind. Okay, I'm going to be back um, Next time with, uh, well, we're going to look at the 21st chapter of Luke soon, and I've got, a, I've got a few things stacked up. So more words that Jesus spoke will be coming soon, and they do always pack a powerful punch, that is for sure, um, but it's like a promise punch. So it's powerful, but it's with the promise. Hope to see you back here for the next episode. Um, that'll be episode 30. You can find me on Instagram at Jan Elbert. You could share this on your social media. If, uh, you know, whatever social media platform you'd like, if you think it might be a blessing or an encouragement to somebody, um, you know, we're all in this thing together. We're doing life together. We're trying to get across the finish line to eternity together. So uh, let's spur each other on toward love and good deeds in whatever way that we can. Let's get the promises of God into the people of God. We're going to believe him, right? We're going to keep believing him for more and more and trusting him for bigger things all the way until we step into eternity. Thank you so much for joining me in my desire to make the name of Jesus famous in this generation. Lord bless you. See you next time. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.